Huge game for our Spartan basketball team this Friday as they play Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier. But also, hey, Andy Patton, our guest, doesn't just do locked on Zags. He does locked on college basketball as well. Wire to wire show, nothing but Spartan hoops. Let's get it. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, the greatest people I know. It's your host, Matt Sheehan, and it's also the host of Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Zags. Busy guy, Andy Patton, but before I let this gentleman speak, hey, this episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by Sling TV. Do not miss this week's matchup between the Spartans and Gonzaga right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Mr. Patton. College basketball is in the air. For us Spartan fans, this means the intersection of football season and basketball season. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a glass case of emotion right now, but for you, like this is this is your season right now. How are you feeling in your end of the camera here? I am ready to go, man. It has been a it's always feels like a long off season every single time just because college football starts so early and it's yeah. just everybody's getting going and I'm sitting here like let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I want to start doing the nows. I want to start with the whole thing and start really getting into the season. So I'm so happy that we're here. Gonzaga has played a game. Michigan State has played a game. They're going to play another game very soon against each other. It's going to be a really really fun one. I'm excited for the season to be here. No doubt about that. And you guys uh, absolutely pasted North Florida. Uh, we yep. took care of a northern school out of the state of Arizona as well. Mm-hmm. But this is this is a big game coming up. And yep. it's also a game for me where I'm looking at this game like, all right, mm-hmm. if my team loses mm-hmm. a outdoor gimmicky game, tough yep. matchup, it, it was for mm-hmm. the troops. It was just for fun. Yep. But damn it, if we win this game. Oh, oh, it's it's the biggest deal in the world. Are, do you have the same vibes for your team as well? Or what is this like from a Gonzaga fan perspective right now? There, there's so many interesting elements of, of how Gonzaga kind of treats their non-conference schedule because their their conference schedule is not as good as Power sure. 5 programs. Certainly that is a, a argument that people use against Gonzaga for decades now. Uh, and as much as Gonzaga fans love to defend the WCC, and I still am happy to do so, it is not the Big 10. It is not the Big 12. It is not the Big East. Like it, is, it is not at those <laughs> levels uh, yeah. of conference. And so for the Zags, uh, in order for them to boost that resume and in order for them to... to not even really boost the resume more so just play the kind of teams that they're going to see in March. They have to do it between November and December. And boy, howdy, did they do it this year? They got Michigan state. They got Texas. They got Kentucky. They got the PK 85. They got Baylor. (laughs) They got Alabama all before Christmas. So like, this is going to be a murderous stretch of games for the Zags. Uh, Gonzaga has participated in these kind of, gimmicky games as you said in the past uh, it didn't mm-hmm. go particularly well last time when they flew all the way to okinawa japan and played a half a basketball before that game yeah. was canceled uh, certainly any result better than that uh, in this game i think we'll be happy uh, certainly uh, gonzaga fans are, are not going to want to take a loss to a michigan state team that is currently unranked although i think that this is a, a solid squad uh, and obviously tom Izzo has always played very well against mark few in the past so i think it'll be a really fun game but you know, these kind of situations always, I would hope that there's a bit more grace for the fan base, regardless of how it goes, because these games are sure. Weird. 
They're they're incredibly weird, and I can't believe it. It's 11 years ago when Michigan State played North Carolina an aircraft carrier, and MSU really shot the ball well that day. Two mm-hmm. of 20 from three. North Carolina, I think, did three of 12 or something like that. Like in the end, it, it's an outdoor game, odd conditions, but like, mm-hmm. I, hey, nonetheless, a basketball game is going to be played. And I was on BartTorvik.com. Mm-hmm. If any of my listeners heard me last year, you hear me, you know, reference this website up and down throughout the season. Mm-hmm. They have this game as an eight-point spread for Gonzaga. The official betting line has not come out yet, but th- they are pretty close to what Vegas says. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, that Gonzaga is supposed to win this game by eight, so to speak, mm-hmm. does that sound about right, or does any part of that kind of surprise you? Higher spread, how are you feeling? Yeah, you know, I, I think I would, on a neutral court, uh, I would – a neutral court that's not an aircraft carrier. I, yeah, should right. say, uh, <laughs> I would think that the spread would probably be a little bit more in favor of Gonzaga, okay. but I think eight is fine. I think eight is good uh, regardless of the situation, but I think that <laughs> I would hate to be trying to put lines on a game in this situation. I mean, we've yeah. seen them in the past that you mentioned the three of 20, like that's pretty common that the outside shooting is, is really rough in these, in these games. And I think both these teams are going to want, I mean, Michigan State took 27 threes against Northern Arizona. Gonzaga took significantly less in their game, but they're going to rely on the outside shot a lot. I think a big element of this game is going to be how the how much these teams can try to rely on the the young they're the post players as opposed to relying on the outside shot just because it's it's easier to shoot in an outdoor court when you're a foot away from the basket as opposed to 27 feet away from the basket. Right. <laughs> I like it, it kind of really is that simple, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like such a simpleton to kind of use that as a mm-hmm. crutch, but there is something mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Now what I'm going to bring up is something that I did not necessarily love seeing uh, when I was combing mm-hmm. the box scores of yesterday's game or Monday's mm-hmm. game when this show comes out, regardless, mm-hmm. your Gonzaga team went to halftime up 53 to whatever North Florida had. Yeah. We'll call it eight points. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> The important stat here is that of the 53 points that Gonzaga scored in that first half, mm-hmm. one three-pointer. Yep. Is that the MO of this Gonzaga team? Just run up and down the court, high tempo, get it to the inside? Like, Or is that kind of surprising of what you saw on Monday? I was a little surprised at how few threes that Gonzaga took and made, frankly, in that game. I think they only ended up making five. I think this team is going to end up being a better outside shooting team. But at the end of the day, as long as Drew Timmy is on the roster, they're going to feed the ball in the back. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. There's no reason not to. Gonzaga has, has, but even before Timmy, they have always been a team that has extraordinarily high usage rates for their post players. Basically, it's get out and go in transition constantly as much as possible. And if you got to go in the half court offense, you figure out a way to get the ball on the block. And that's just what they've always done. I think this team has phenomenal outside shooting. Rasir Bolton shot 46% last year. Malachi okay. Smith was at a smaller conference in the SOCOM, but he shot 40% last year. Uh, I think the young guards on this roster are going to kind of develop into outside shooters. Julian Strother, potential first round pick this year, he shot 39% last year. So I do think that this team has. Has some shooting, but at the end of the day, it's never something that Mark Few has liked to rely on all that much, and I really doubt they're going to rely on it much in this game. No doubt about that. And also, you, well, you mentioned you know the big man on campus, the guy that was mm-hmm. in the same recruiting class as Adam Morrison. Little known fun fact: <laughs> Drew Timmy, he's back, and yeah, yeah a, a lot of outlets have him pegged as the National Player of the Year. If it's not mm-hmm. him, then it's Oscar Shibway. Mm-hmm. Michigan State plays them back to back games, but we'll obviously <laughs> stick with Timmy here. Yeah. What what's his game in mm-hmm. his career right now? Has he progressed a lot or is it just he's just gotten even 
better at the things mm-hmm. he was already good at. It's kind of that, you know, I, I think you, you'd, there've been kind of hopes or optimism. And I think mostly for, for NBA scouts and for his NBA career that you would see some, some other elements of his game develop, uh, notably perimeter defense, something that Baylor exposed very dramatically in that 2021 national championship game. Uh, and then of course the outside shooting every year, we hear stories of Drew Timmy's taking 200 threes a day. Drew Timmy's taking 250 threes a day. It gets bigger every single <laughs> gotcha. year and coming into the season. We don't see a lot of it. We see some, we see him occasionally take threes. His form looks good. When they go down, they look good. But he just hasn't been a consistent outside shooter. And for Gonzaga, like, I mean, you look at the guys they've put in the NBA, a lot of the bigs that they put in the NBA are good outside shooters, but very few of them actually took a lot of threes in college because that's just not the way that Gonzaga runs their offense. They don't have a lot of sets that they get big men outside shots. So for Drew Timmy, he's been the same guy for basically four years. His footwork has gotten better. He's added to his bag this year. We've seen some little like Dirk Nowitzki one foot fadeaway type stuff that he didn't have in his bag before. Uh, The first time he pulled that out, I was like, oh my God, everybody is screwed. (laughs) Like this is going to be ridiculous if he can start hitting 16 footers off one foot like that. Um, But he, for the most part, it's back to the basket. It's an array of spin moves, post moves. He can finish with his left, finish with his right, finish through contact and his ability to just read the defender and make the correct move is was good when he was a freshman and the fact that it's grown so much to the point where he is now he's just automatic great i uh, absolutely hate hearing that but that's great for you guys that, that's awesome <laughs> that must be a lot of fun for you and yeah, obviously drew timmy not the only guy on this mm-hmm. roster we're going to get to everyone else on this zags mm-hmm. team but first i just need to talk everyone's ear off about simply safe home security that's right the best in the nation. Look, Simply Safe is going to take care of you this holiday season because did you know that the holidays, yes, are a prime opportunity for crimes like burglaries and package thefts to spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off. That's right, 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season in an emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so that you can get priority police response 24 7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day less than half the price of adt's traditional professionally installed system don't miss your chance to save on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. That's right, simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. Get the biggest discount of the year. Do not wait. Simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. And there is no guy to talk about Gonzaga basketball than with Andy Patton. That's right, lockdown college basketball, lockdown Zags. Is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga or or either of them correct? I've heard people pronounce your school 15 different ways, I swear. What is it? (laughs) It's funny to me because they go by Zags. And so Uh you would think that people, I mean, you've been saying it correctly, Gonzaga. Some people say gun or gone, a bit of a debate there, but Zaga, not Zaga, not Zaga, whatever it may be. But people say that Gonzaga, Gonzaga Zags. And I'm like, you're so close. Like you almost have it. Gotcha. All right. Well, I feel better because I mispronunciate every single word um, in the English dictionary. So that's good that I'm on the board with one here. Um, 
Speaking of board, let's try this for a segue here. You guys are no strangers to having players selected high on NBA mm-hmm. draft boards. Of course, you got mm-hmm. Suggs. You have this little mm-hmm. guy named Chet Holmgren who just <laughs> went pretty high as well. Mm-hmm. Corey Kispert, if I could throw another name out there. Yeah. Any of those guys on this year's team? I know you mentioned Julian Straw. Is he like lottery good or is there another player that is? It would be interesting there? to see with Julian. I, I think he he's probably their best draft prospect for this season. Uh, he was okay. top 50 player coming out of high school. Didn't play much as a freshman. Played a lot last year. Average about 14 a game or I think 11 a game. I 6'7 combo forward. Uh, Gonzaga has started. They did this with Corey Kispert uh, where they play their their wings, their good shooting wings are kind of in a power forward role. Uh, they don't do it all of the time, but it's a okay. situation where they can basically throw out Drew Timmy and four shooters and say, we're going to space the floor. We're going to give Drew as much room as possible to operate down low and good luck everybody else. And that has been, uh, that's what they did with Corey Kispert and that really, really good Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nembhard team uh, from 2021. And it worked until they got to the championship game and they faced another team that had the athleticism and physicality to kind of bump those guys around a little bit. But I think outside of Strother, I mean, Malachi Smith could sneak into the second round and then their starting point guard is, is Nolan Hickman. And he's a guy who was a Kentucky decommit. He's from Seattle area in Washington, ended up coming to Gonzaga, backup point guard last year to Andrew Nembhard. Now he's kind of taken over and Gonzaga's had a lot of really good point guards. They've had more success turning out NBA talent from the front court. Uh, but they've had a lot of, I mean, Nigel Williams, Goss, Josh Perkins, of course, Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nembhard, those guys are both NBA players now. And Hickman's got the the smooth game, the really good outside shooting, the good defense. He's got the right size. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year for him, but I think he he's going to be a guy who's going to be an NBA player in a couple of years too. And of course there's Timmy. Not sure where yeah, his NBA yeah, future yeah. lands him necessarily, but you know, he, he's in that conversation. He's a professional basketball player. Yes, no doubt. Where, where that is, whether it's in the States or out of the States, yep. nonetheless, incredible mm-hmm. basketball player. Yep. I have no debate there really, but back to the front court, because that's mm-hmm. one of MSU's strengths is not just yeah. front court, but front court defense as well. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your, perimeter players how are you guys feeling so far I, obviously look one game into the season but even yeah. you know with all the preseason hype where you guys left off last year how are you feeling about the front court overall the front court yes yes good yeah uh, yeah I think um obviously Drew Timmy huge huge part there we've talked about him extensively uh, I think Anton Watson is a four-year player for the Zags uh he Spokane kid top 50 player in the in the country. I think he was like the second player in the state of Washington. And he's been a pretty consistent 18 minutes per game, kind of do the dirty work type guy, not going to wow you on the, in points per game. He had 10 last game and that's probably good for him. Uh, But he's a great rebounder and he's the best perimeter defensive player on this team. He's one of the best perimeter defensive players in the country. He's six, eight, two thirty, really strong, really physical, uh, mm-hmm. Tough guy to move around. And then they got LSU transfer Efton Reed, who's the backup center for this year's oh, team. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Gonzaga was in a really interesting spot during the kind of transfer portal season because Drew Timmy hadn't decided whether he was going to come back or not. And so they were interested mm-hmm. in Jonai Broom from Moorhead State. They were interested in Dawes Amac uh, from Utah Valley, who ended up going, those guys went to Auburn and Texas Tech. And Gonzaga couldn't land them because they had to say, hey, you might be a guy who plays 25, 30 minutes for us last, next year, or you might not because we don't know what's going to happen to our national player of the year candidate over here (laughs) and so Efton Reed was a guy who kind of could have fit that bill where he could have come in and played big minutes uh, or he can come in and and kind of develop he had a weird freshman year at LSU because things were very weird at LSU last year and Will Wade kind of 
played him in a weird role defensively where he mm-hmm. wasn't really asked to be a rim protector, even though he's, I've seen the man in person. He's seven foot two forty, and he is every single inch of it. This dude is huge. He is really, really big, and he plays like a center from the mid nineties. Like he is big and strong, and he wants to be right around the rim, and he wants to finish through contact. And he fouled out in twelve minutes in his first game with the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and he's probably going to do that again Sweet. against Michigan State. Uh, but he is those those twelve minutes that he gives you and those five fouls that your your guys are going to feel it. I'm going to tell you that because he's a big physical dude and he's he's a load down low. Now I'm a consummate pro here, so I mispronounce everything. And I also do this at three times a basketball season. Mm-hmm. I get backcourt and frontcourt mixed up all the time, and that's strike one. We're not even out of the first week of the college basketball season, and I did it for the first time. You're probably very confused when I'm talking about perimeter players, and all of a sudden I bounce frontcourt off you. <laughs> but you figured it out. We did. We did. So with that said, let's do the old topsy-turvy here. Let's see if I can do this correctly this time. How's the backcourt? Backcourt. Backcourt yeah, there we go. Good. Uh, I think uh, the biggest contributor for them in the backcourt is going to be Rasir Bolton. He's a fifth-year senior. Gotcha. Uh, he's a guy who started his career at Penn State, spent two years at Iowa State, uh, lost a whole bunch of games when the Cyclones were really bad. Poor guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Came to Gonzaga, won a lot of games, so that was a nice change for him. One thing we've seen with Gonzaga transfers in the past is they've often come to Gonzaga and their efficiency numbers balloon up because they are in a situation where they're no longer the opposing team's focal point defensively. You know, for Bolton, he was the best player on a bad Iowa State team. So all these other good power five programs could send their best defenders at him. And now he's at Gonzaga where he's playing different opponents and also he's the third or fourth option. But he was a guy whose three-point percentage went from like 32 to 46 Last year, he was three for four in his first game for the Zags uh, on Monday. He's going to be one of the best combo guards in the entire nation. Uh, Malachi Smith, the transfer from Chattanooga, guy who averaged 19 per game for the mocks. Uh, he came off the bench in his first game. It's kind of unclear. Like, is he just a shooter? Is he going to contribute a little bit more? He had 15 points, six boards, played a game high 30 minutes for the Zags off the well, bench. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's... Listed at 215 and 6'3", and he looks almost bigger than that. Like, he's a really big dude, and he plays like it. He was just ripping the ball out of people's hands and pushing them around. Like, he's a big physical guy, and I think he's going to be he's going to be the last guy that people want to see coming off the bench for this team if that ends up staying the case. And then we talked a little bit about Hickman, and then one of the other big players for them is Hunter Salas. Uh, five-star recruit out of Nebraska. He was very briefly – this is my fun trivia fact. He was, for a small period of time, the highest rated recruit in Gonzaga basketball history. Jalen Suggs had that wow. mantle. Uh, then Hunter Salas took that mantle for like a few weeks. And then Chet Holmgren committed. And nobody will ever take that from Chet Holmgren. So it is the end of the line for that trivia fact. But Hunter Salas very briefly held that role. He didn't play a ton as a freshman, but he play, he's a guy who's really good defensively. He's athletic. I mean, he's going to win a dunk contest someday if he makes the NBA. I really believe that. And he's got he's got to work on his offensive game. We haven't seen a lot of playmaking from him. We haven't seen the outside shot really develop, but he's going to give Michigan State's guards and every other team that he plays, he's going to give their guards some hell on the perimeter when he's in the game. And that's a lot of great insight for Gonzaga. You're very high in this team, and this isn't mm-hmm. you being a homer. This is you just talking about the number two rated team in the country. Mm-hmm. Like, newsflash, not a lot of holes in the yeah. second best team in the nation. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, any mm-hmm. does anything scare you about this game when it comes to the matchup between Gonzaga and the Spartans? Do you, do you have any glimmer of hope for us here before we get into the next break? 
Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Uh, in part because this, these games are so wonky, I think that almost yeah. like I don't think that Gonzaga would lose to you know a team outside of Ken Palm's top three hundred because of this situation. But a top forty mm-hmm. team in this kind of situation, absolutely. You're talking about a couple shots either direction. I think this game is. I don't want to say a toss-up necessarily, but again, the situation makes it a little bit more of a crapshoot than normal. I also think Gonzaga does have a few holes. Uh, they did not look particularly good in their scrimmage game against Tennessee, uh, mostly on the defensive end of the floor. I think a lot of that was because it was an exhibition game, they were trying some things that they maybe wouldn't otherwise have tried, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were up four at halftime and lost by 19 in the second half, so that was, that was a bit rough. Uh, the biggest hole on this roster in my mind is rim protection. And it turns okay. out when you lose a player like Chet Holmgren, yeah. <laughs> you're going to lose the rim protection. <laughs> well, uh, and you look at the 21 roster that you know let Baylor's guards just pretty much do whatever they wanted, and that team was ridiculous. Most teams don't have three NBA guards on the roster, so that was a bit unique. But if you have the ability to get dribble penetration, Gonzaga doesn't have a rim protector. Drew Timmy's not that. He has never okay. been that. Efton Reed, I think, will be that in time. But again, fouled out in 12 minutes against North Florida. <laughs> So he's got some work to do. He's got some work to do. And he wasn't asked to do that at LSU. So it's just not really a skill set he has fully developed. So that's the biggest weakness. And for Michigan State, they do have some low post presence. They do have some guys who can score around the rim. And I think if they can... If, if they can do well down there and if the guards can find ways to get penetration, can get good switches and get to the rim they're going to have better looks than certainly than they would have last year when Chet Holmgren was down there just erasing everything that anybody brought at that spot. No doubt about that. And we're also going to talk about Michigan State here on the next side of this break. But it's not just me. It's just bloviating about the Spartans like I usually do. No, we're going to flip the script. Put Andy Patton on the hot seat. Get his thoughts on Michigan State because, well, guy knows a thing or two about college hoops. But first, need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right. Best protein bar in the land they say hey it tastes like a candy bar but no i'm gonna shoot you straight it tastes better than any candy bar out there and it's not just the built puffs it's not just the built bars it's also the built granola bars as well white chocolate peppermint granola that's right that is built take on the granola bar and it's more filling insanely tasty it absolutely positively slaps if you have not tried a built bar before they are the best tasting protein bar ever created in the world they are revolutionizing the nutrition game because hey all these things wrapped in 100 real chocolate most of them somewhere in the ballpark of 17 grams of protein low in sugar low in calories most of them in the neighborhood of 130 calories sink your teeth into a built bar and your life is going to change i i I don't want to over exaggerate but your life will absolutely positively change it is magical it is wonderful it is built bar you got to try this and do so while saving some money. When you go to built.com, smash in promo code LOCKDOWN15. That's right, LOCKDOWN15, all one word. That's going to get you 15% off of your order. One more time, head to built.com, smash in promo code LOCKEDON15. Get 15% off your order of built bars. And it's Andy Patton of not just Lockdown Zags, but also Lockdown College Basketball. This man loves some college hoops. So let's just ask him more about college basketball here, um, shall we? So for the second time this episode, I will reference BartTorvik.com. And right now they have Michigan State pegged as a six seed in March Madness. That's right. I'm a clinically insane person. I look into these seedings when it's still November. I don't know if you do, Andy, but like when you hear Michigan State six seed, that's their projection at the end of this year. 
what what are your thoughts on that? Is that sound about right for this year's Michigan State squad, or is it a little too high or a little too low for you? I think that seems about right. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of who Michigan state turns to like who, mm-hmm. who ends up being like their, their main scorers, their leading guys. We saw Joey Hauser have a phenomenal game against Northern Arizona, 18 and 10. That was great. And I think that if he can be the guy that's phenomenal, but you kind of, I think the lack of a star is really a tough thing that has, we've kind of seen for Michigan state for the last couple of years. And you know, yeah. Tom Izzo likes to build balanced rosters. He likes to have a lot of depth on his team, but the teams that have been the most successful in Izzo's tenure have had like legit, like bar none NBA lottery type guys. And we haven't seen that as much from the last couple of years. It's why they you know, they haven't been really at the kind of top tier of where they've been. I think they got a couple nice pieces, uh, nice freshmen uh, that they just brought in Jackson Kohler, Trey Holloman. I like both of those guys. I think they're going to be nice contributors. They both had pretty nice debuts for, for Michigan state against Northern Arizona, but I think that's kind of the biggest thing is you don't have a Cassius Winston. You don't have that kind of guy on this roster and maybe somebody will step up, but if nobody does, I think that that's going to be the kind of thing that maybe hurts this team more once they get to March, but maybe they can kind of survive. I think six seed feels about right, but I'm not sure how optimistic I would be about them going super far uh, unless we see somebody kind of really step up and be like the main X factor for this team. That's fair. And I, I wrestle about this, that the Big Ten is is down, you know, <laughs> if I can throw up air quotes this year. And I, I you know, I, I agree with all those takes. I think the Big Ten mm-hmm. is going to be a down year. I, I just wrestle if that's going to help Michigan State here, because on one right. hand, hey, it's down, you know, any night is a night you could win. But also at the same time, like Big Ten is kind of down because, well, you're just a, a little down, so mm-hmm. to speak here. So like, mm-hmm. I how should I be feeling if I'm a Michigan State fan about the state of the Big Ten Conference in this season? Should, should I be feeling optimistic, or is it a weird limbo that we're it, in? It's a it's an odd year. It's it's an odd year. I think the 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 Big Ten has a lot of really talented players, and they have they're they're good teams. Don't get me wrong. I think Indiana mm-hmm. is going to be a good team, uh, but they also have gotten a lot of preseason hype for not having done a whole lot yet. I think that's a fair assessment of where Indiana is at right now. Uh, but, you know, they have Trace Jackson Davis, potential player of the year, potential national player of the year candidate, or at least first team All-American guy. Uh, I think Illinois is going to be very good. I think Terrence Shannon was a huge addition for them. And I think he's really going to going to do some good stuff. And then, I mean, Michigan's got Hunter Dickinson and Hunter Dickinson is fantastic, too. And, and they've they've had a lot of success. So I think like those are kind of the three teams that I think might rise towards the top. Do I think Michigan State could force their way into that conversation? Maybe if the ball bounces, you know, the right way for them a couple mm-hmm. of times, I think they can pick those teams off. Certainly, like I don't think that they're incapable of beating those teams. They could beat all those teams. They could beat every team in the Big Ten night in and night out. Like you said, it's it's a bit down right now. There's not any juggernauts. There's not any dominant teams. But I do think that it hurts Michigan State a little bit in the sense that if they do win some games that maybe they're not favored to win, they're not going to be doing it against teams that are, you know, they're, they're not going to get a chance to play like Baylor and Kansas as if they were in the big 12. And if you pick off a couple of those teams that, that can bump you a whole seed line. Totally. Like that's the kind of win that can, that can legitimately do that for your future. There's not a lot of wins like that in the big 10. And if they lose games that they shouldn't lose, if they drop a game to, you know, Northwestern or Minnesota or somebody like that, like, that's going to hurt them a little bit more just because the conference isn't quite at the level that they've been in the past. I think there's a lot of talent in the big 10. I think Michigan state has quite a bit of that talent, but I'm not sure that they're going to be, I think they're going to flirt with a top five spot. 
in the Big Ten. I think they're kind of right in that conversation with, you know, with Purdue, with Iowa, with Ohio State. I kind of think they're right in that conversation, but I'm not. I'm not feeling super great about where the Big Ten is right now, and I think Michigan State's going to have to fight pretty hard to get into that top five conversation. Well, there's no shortage to get those massive wins that you're talking about in the mm-hmm. non-conference because just like you guys over Gonzaga, mm-hmm. uh, this is an NBA schedule here that yeah. we have until conference play starts. Uh, hey, after Gonzaga, congratulations. You get Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to play Bama. And then after you get to play any combination of either Oregon, UConn, Iowa State, North Carolina, mm-hmm. maybe in the PK-85, you yeah. definitely play Villanova later on. You play Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Uh, should I be saying, yeah, they see that seems like yikes to me, but at the same time, like the prime for the pick and to get some big wins yeah. here, where do you draw the line though, with where our expectations should be? Like, should I be tuning to the champions classic being like, Oh yeah, MSU's mm-hmm. got this one. Or is it still too early in the season to really be like, this is it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty early. I, I think Michigan state's going to have a hard time in the champions classic. And I think they're, they're, they're going to be challenged in the PK 85. I think that, I mean, obviously yeah. North Carolina is probably your favorite over there, but like if they draw the ducks, like I think they can, they can win that game. I, I think, I think Oregon's very good, but I think they can win that game. Like, I think it's, it's doable. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I, I love that Tom Izzo does this. You know, I think mm-hmm. Mark View has a ton of respect for Tom Izzo for the same type of thing. And I think Gonzaga fans have a lot of respect for Michigan state because, whatever, 10, 12 years ago, whenever uh, Michigan State came to Spokane, they came to the kennel. They played at the McCarthy Athletic Center. Draymond Green dropped a billion points and they beat him badly. Uh, I was sitting in the second row watching us try every single different player to try to guard Draymond Green and it just didn't matter no matter yeah. what they did. But this was in an era where teams did not come to Spokane. They didn't do it. They still don't. I mean, Texas did, and that's a big win, and North Carolina did recently, but those both happened in the last two years, uh, and Kentucky begrudgingly came to Spokane, but they're not going to play at the kennel, um, right. and, and so you're seeing, like, that's why I love that Izzo was willing to do this. He's always been willing to play unique games, hence Friday's matchup. He's been willing to go play teams on the road, really tough teams. You, you can argue how much it's helped or hurt in the past, but at the end of the day, Tom Izzo's played in a whole lot of NCAA tournament games, so it's hard yeah. to, to, to look at that and think that this isn't something that's helping them. For this year, for this roster, it's going to be trial by fire. They're going to have yeah. a lot of tough games. They got some, some youth. They got some guys who haven't played together all that much. They're going to have to put it together early. But, again, because they can kind of rely on it's it's not a great Big Ten season, but it is still – you know, it's it's not the WCC. It's not some of those other conferences. So they can they can stomach a couple early losses. They can stomach even if they don't do well in the Champions Classic, lose early in the PK85. Which I'm not saying they will. I'm saying if they do, they can recover from that, pick up a few big wins in the Big Ten Conference, maybe get hot at the right time, win a win a game or two in the Big Twelve Big Ten Tournament, excuse me, and and still find themselves right in that five six line uh, come March Madness. Hey, you know what? We'll take it. Fine. You know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll change my tune as the season goes on. You know, maybe I'll mm-hmm. want more, get a little greedy. But as it stands, okay, that seems all pretty reasonable to me right yeah. now as things stand. Now catch me halfway through the first half this Friday. Like, oh, yeah, I'll be thinking <laughs> we'll like see. two seed if we're within four points of you guys like in the first half. So, yep. there you go. He's Andy Patton, locked on Zags, but also locked on college basketball. Do you want to tell us a little bit about locked on college basketball, what you're going to be getting into on a day-to-day basis if people want to come yeah. find you, which I'm sure they will. 
Yes, I'm very excited about Lockdown College Basketball in our first week right now. Uh, it's myself and our, my co-host is Isaac Shade, the host of Lockdown Tar Heels podcast. So two guys who cover programs that have had a lot of success uh, in, uh, <laughs> in college basketball in the last decade or so. So I'm, I'm very excited about this opportunity. Uh, we did a Bold Predictions podcast on Tuesday, so that's a very fun one. Uh, we're going to have a lot of conversations with Jason Jordan, the recruiting specialist at Sports Illustrated. So a lot of look into uh, some of that stuff. We're going to have a lot of guests on, a lot of conversations with other Locked On hosts, with other people in the industry. I'm, I'm really excited to get the opportunity to to talk about basically as many games as I possibly can. I'm trying to resist the urge to just only talk about weird, obscure mid-major teams because <laughs> that's what I love. I pitched to Isaac. I'm like, should we talk about Oral Roberts and St. Mary's for like a whole segment on the first show? And he's like, well, probably not. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. No, but that's right. what I love. That's what I want to do. <laughs> it's going to be really fun, Joe. Love it. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I can't wait to tune in. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to tune in now because I, this is a great chat. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot more prepared for Friday. A little more scared for Friday too, but again, <laughs> that was my goal. Get, more scared, more prepared. This is what you get when you play the number two team in the country. You know, yeah. it's not like I'm talking with locked on Duquesne. You know, and you're right. just talking all up and down about this. Like, no, it's yeah, le- legitimate mm-hmm. <laughs> team that we're playing here, but. Until then, hey, everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans, whether it's YouTube, on the podcast. Smash that subscribe button and also tune in tomorrow. We got Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal, friend of the program, one of my favorite people to have on the show as well. But until then, stay awesome. Enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go Green.